is a country beyond that which is known to humankind. A stray country. A country that exists west of October. Whose borders are somewhere between midnight train whistles and the distant hell of a dog. A country that lies somewhere in the stitched and jittering static between radio stations. A country that drifts to America like a traveling salesman. But every now and then stops to nest on a small town. A small church. A single street. And maybe, just maybe, some kind of delayed radio broadcast you've stuffed in your ears. Chapter 23 A Ghost Made from the World of 1987 To the church, Jack said, still holding hands, pulled Billy like a wagon to the road. The plastic sack lurched their way like a one-string marionette. Some broke kind of limp puppet twitching after the soles of their shoes and the boys ran for the church because where was left to run the church because when the apocalypse came russians launched up nuclear thunderclouds to rain holocaust upon america the church it was the bomb shelter for the soul the money changer to the currency of fear. The place you brought your fright. And it was traded out for faith. The place where you brought your terror. And it was traded out for teaching, tenants, and canon. So yes, the church. Because the devil couldn't slosh about the chapel. No, that'd be like the moon showing up at high noon. Was impossible. Couldn't be done. And it didn't matter the whore, the type, the season, salted taste of it all. The church was the answer. Yards of dying cattle. Go to the church. Abandon gasoline stations. Find yourself a church. Defile graveyards and ghouls on parade. Take shade beneath the steeple. Crumbling mansions full of bad angels cast out of heaven. Get yourself to God's mansion. No whore could get itself inside a church. Every boy knew that. And then they were at the front door. Billy feeling a goddamn fool because it was locked. And why lock a church? Wasn't God always open? He thrashed against the door, but the bolts are made to piss down the arm pumps of little boys, and so the door moved exactly 0, 0.0 inches. And Billy heard behind him the music of plastic sex on the wind. And didn't dare look to anywhere. But Jack, because that's what older brothers are for. Yes, and brothers came first and feel safest in trouble. And that's why Jesus told the world he was the biggest brother from heaven. 
Because when the chips are down, you can count on your older brother. And Jack had already been scrounging through his dropped backpack and now pushed through Billy to fill the lock to fruition. Click. And the boys were inside. Door slammed, locked, even even though Billy had just said a church should never be locked, and running down the hall because the door to the church was glass, and they couldn't, didn't want to, just plain could not stand or stomach watching the plastic sack bluster like radio static against the glass. Did not want to feel like they were in some reverse zoo where they were boxed in an empty lion's cage while the loosed pride stalked about the grounds because how would you escape? Yes, the boys ran down the hall, not looking back, but heard the funerary hymn of nothing plastic, scraping, open mouth kissing the glass. They hid behind the pulpit, because if church was holy, the chapel was holier. And if a chapel was holier, the pulpit was holiest. Yes, the holiest place in the whole church would be where the gospel of Jesus Christ was bullhorned. The spot where Bible verses were boom mic loud enough to compete with football stadiums profaning the Sabbath in 27 sin-salted cities across the country. The pulpit. The place where the preacher made sense of the dust. The place a man of God could stand to x-ray the souls of pew sitters. The place where the furnace of Christ was stoked with pastoral coke. Shoveled full of platitudes and proverbs and psalmody. The fuel to steam the church through the turbulent sea on its way to the rapture. There they sat. Two boys, backs against the pulpit. Like touching it would help. The breathing slowing. Made reverent by the room. Slowing. Slow, close to normal, almost normal, very near normal, quite normal now, but afraid to look at each other, afraid the other's eye was an old movie house, plain chainsaw cinema, projector clicking off all the grotesque things in the world of film. Dead bugs and plastic sacks, old janitors and dead Eddie Schneider. Nine car trains of unused condoms and the ghastly sight of a dead boy's semen waiting to die in a white plastic sack lined garbage can. But it was too quiet in the chapel. The room made the megaphone scripture into the bones of men, women, and children. Billy cleared his throat. How did you get that key? Jack didn't answer because the answer was Jack. Billy somehow heard the answer, nodded. He got quiet again. There were no babes in arms, battered alive by the audible butt-slap of King James English. 
There were no whispers of mothers trying to keep kids quiet for Jesus. No protest of five-year-old insurrectionists. There was no familiar sound of men gambling for salvation, anteing up their own souls. Nor could they hear the sound of grown men's voices swallowing themselves, falling into the rim of sleep. They could not hear the pocket snores of old men, the elbow nudges of old women to wake husbands. There was no sound of cereal being eaten or Ziploc baggies uncorked. No hymnals stirred. No bug zapper crinkle of an almost invisible Bible page turning. The sound of teenagers scribbling notes on the back of amplification hymn books was missing, as was the sound of passing paper. And above all, most of all, there was no sound of eyes glancing over the river of misfits casting judgments at this Coney Island freak show called the Congregation. The chapel was very, very quiet. It's quiet as an empty movie theater. I can't get in, Jack said, as if contact with the pulpit helped him read souls. Well, what if it's a different kind of ghost? Jack was listening. Not something that wears a sheet and stalks a graveyard. Something made from the world of 1987. Millie breathed, you know, the modern world. What do you mean? Sure, church can protect you against vampires and ghouls and werewolves and ghosts, because those are all old world horrors, stuff the church figured out how to beat. But what if, what if what? What if it's not a ghost of a long time ago? What if it's not an old-fashioned ghost, Jack? What if it's a new-fashioned ghost? Billy, a ghost is a ghost. Yeah, except the janitor was talking about how bankers made the plastic sacks, and I think, I don't want to talk about the janitor. But Jack, what if that plastic sack is a ghost of today? I mean, think about it. What if it's just bad pieces all come together from our time? So it has a blurred face you can't see because all the houses look the same. Because we listen to the same music and watch the same TV shows. It's restless and wanders nowhere because we don't know where we're going anymore. I mean, it used to be west. Or to the moon. But we're out of frontiers. So we Americans just wander to and from work half asleep, filling out minds with Jeopardy trivia, but not really learning anything. Filling the continent with more houses and neighborhoods just like ours. Not because suburbia is a frontier, but because it's the only thing left to do. A sick kind of hobby. A ghost would lurch with that jerky anxiety that comes from drowning in the stormy sea of advertisements. It comes from trying to buy all the things ad men try to sell us with a wallet that's just too small. But they yell at us, more cars, more clothes, more candy, more VHS tapes, more Nintendo games, more TVs, more, more, more. Yeah. A ghost of today would have that uneasy resentment of the middle class man who's shown too many products to stay happy. It would have the aggressive whine of a vacuum salesman, the broken record drone of the bill collector, the inhibited terror of the billed suburbanite, and a million other twisted feelings, each line on top of the other, like a pile of Halloween masks. 
Billy took a long fall of good church air. Yes, that's what a ghost of today would look like, Jack. It wouldn't be something grimy. Not anymore. No, maybe in the 40s, when the factories smoked day and night and blew it on the cities. But since then, we've cleaned up the air, shipped the smoking overseas. It would be something that represents America today. Like what? Billy thought. It'd grow out of the brand new world. It'd be the single worst item we ever created. Some kind of metaphor for all the bad and wrong and just plain messed up aspects of today. But it wouldn't be nuclear missiles or machine guns or mustard gas. No. It'd be something horrible we never even realized we made. Billy's voice fell into itself. His eyes flickered like he was watching a horror film. He whispered, Something hard to touch, impossible to feel. Jack's eyes met Billy's. Billy's eyes met Jack's. What does a plastic sack feel like anyways, Jack? Like a plastic sack. Like a plastic sack. But you can't describe something with itself. You can't say a plastic sack feels like a plastic sack. So what does it feel like? I... I, I don't know. That's because there's no good words for it. Because it's not anchored to anything in the world. Look, Billy, a ghost of today would be something that reflects all the sick appetites of Americans. To make things cheaper... To pay less. To cut costs at all costs. Something that's hungry. Can't be stopped. Something that's sewn together by the seven deadly sins. Something we could fly as the flag of today and... Enough! Look, Billy, wake up! This is all in your head, and you're freaking me out, okay? Put your mind on a leash, tie it up in the yard, lock it in the kennel, because it's running wild. And for good reason, yes, Eddie killed himself last night, and yes, we stood in his bedroom all afternoon. Yes, we've been in school after hours and twice met that old janitor who's weird because who wants to mop up the space where other people are making their heads better? But a man who's too dumb to figure out how to get smarter and make more money, okay? The janitor's weird, because all janitors are weird, because why wouldn't you just play by the rules? Why wouldn't you just go to college and work in a bank? That's where the money is. Why wouldn't you just go work in advertising? Why would you mop up all the trash a bunch of kids throw away? It's just not normal, and meeting a guy like that in a school after hours is going to shake a good kid up, okay? But enough. This is all in our heads. People fall and crack their heads open and die, even on our street, like Mary Brogan. And kids say horrible things to each other and kill themselves, like Jenny Hale and Eddie Schneider. And weird guys push mops in schools because that's the only place that will give them jobs. And plastic sacks float around the streets because there are ten quadrillion of them in circulation, okay? And now that we're here cowering in a church like it's going to protect us, but protect us from what, Billy? Churches can't protect you against your own thoughts. Billy was looking at Jack's hands. They were shaking. He put them in his pockets. And I'm going home, okay? I've had enough of this shit, okay? I'm going home, and I'm going to play Nintendo. And look, if you want to believe in plastic sack ghosts, that's fine. But I don't want to hear about it anymore. Jack stood, but did not walk. Billy watched 
waited for a brother to lead out, waited for a brother to walk so that he could follow. Because if an older brother walked and left the chapel, then he too, the younger brother, could follow. And if the older brother braved the night streets, then they were safe for a younger brother too. And if an older brother could go home and play Nintendo and sleep soundly all night without any nightmares, then so could the younger brother. And so Billy waited for Jack to take a step. Just one little step that would let him know it was all made up. Pretend shadow shows inside his mind. Imaginatorium slough off from his own eyeball theater. But Jack didn't move. He didn't step or stir or stride or amble or skip or gait. He stood very, very still. And Billy waited, waited for his older brother to move. Because any movement towards home, even an eye blink in the direction of home, would let Billy know it was all made up. All pretend. All make believe. But Jack stood. Very, very still, with eyes unlocked on the chapel door, which was the opposite direction of home, and Billy wanted to say, Jack, go, go home, lead out, show me the way, show your younger brother how safe the path home is, but Billy couldn't say any of these things. He could only look at his brother standing and search himself for a prayer. <laughs>